This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that would much rather buy online than head to the shops. Oh, so true. So true. I'm Andrew Page, and with <laughs> me is Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Fools. Good to be with you, and we've been coming to you online. We are coming to we you online. We care about our audience. We're going to make you go to the shops to get this podcast. It comes to you. As, the, as, as time progresses, there's less and less reason for me to step out of the house, which is not a bad thing. <laughs> Mate, what are we going to talk about today? I don't know. You uh, tell me. Well, short answer is... You're a, Andrew Page, though, right? A lot. I'm Andrew Page. And I'm... Oh, we've not done that No, you didn't yet. do that bit. Let's do that part. All right. I'm Andrew Page. And I'm Scott Phillips. And today on the podcast, <laughs> we can't... I know we've, we've, we've oh. talked about this a bit, but how can we not do it again? More mess and disgrace at the Royal Commission. The anti-gift that keeps on giving. Oh, man, what a melodrama. Great for podcast uh, hosts, but not great for most of the people well, in the financial services some well. of those, some more, some than others. Indeed. Uh, you know what we're going to talk about too, mate? Amazon. We, Amazon. we talked oh, about Oh, the online shopping thing. To death. Not the jungle. Um, <laughs> we, we talked about that. Or the to, river. To death. Uh, I, last year when it was coming to our shores. Well, you know, it's still around, believe it or not, Amazon. In fact, it is really around. Andrew, but, denial is not a river in Egypt. Ah, uh, so we, let, let's let's catch up on what's happening with Amazon. Good deal. And a mailbag a question or two. Fools at twenty paces. That's right. Um, another situation where I'm right, you're wrong. One of those. No, no, that'd be the other one. Right. I, yep. always, I always get confused. <laughs> and it's my turn to get on the high horse. Flintlocks at twenty paces. It'll be. <laughs> That's right. We'll march twenty paces in opposite directions. Choke ourselves with our headphone cords and come back and talk <laughs> about stuff. Comedy gold. <laughs> Um, and, and the good thing about podcasts is physical comedy, which is going to get a brilliant with our brilliant listeners. Yeah, we, really, awesome. we really think this through. <laughs> mate, let's talk about the Royal Commission, oh, the Banking Royal Commission, you everyone's know, favourite topic. I pretend I hate it. I actually love talking about this thing because it's the sort of stuff that, frankly, you and I and the rest of the Motley Fool have been talking about for years. Yeah. And I have to say, though, if not even I was aware of how absolutely shit, excuse my French, yep. the conduct of our colleagues, and I use that term unfortunately and loosely. In the Peers that, might be a better term. I'd rather call them competitors, quite frankly, because yeah. we're, we're, they're the ones doing the wrong thing, but yeah. it has been an absolute disgrace, an absolute roll call of disgraceful behaviour by a whole lot of people. So what's the latest? Let's let's bring everyone up to speed. Okay. Um, we had uh, Sam Henderson in the dock the other day from Henderson yes. Maxwell, financial planning firm. One of the least likely you would have thought before this week to yeah. be caught up in this sort of stuff. Yeah, he does a bit of media. Um, a lot of media. Yeah, a lot of media and is sort of was reasonably well regarded. Yep. But what did he do? I mean, geez, the, the guy made up his qualifications. Yes. One of his staff members impersonated a client. Tipped his customers into his own funds, which isn't necessarily improper, mm. but uh, is questionable. And you wonder whether that was in, you know, again, these are all allegations. Let's be very, very clear. Mm. The Royal Commission asking whether that was a reasonable decision. And particularly in one case, to do so would have cost one of his clients half a million bucks was the allegation we heard this week. And then we had uh, Dover Financial, uh, Terry McMaster. Tell us what happened then. Terry, unfortunately, had a health scare in the dock. The I'm commissioner... trying not to smile because that that is never a funny thing, but there is... I'm reminded of... It, it's got echoes of Christopher Scase and uh, the oxygen mask. <laughs> they on, wheeled in the, in the wheelchair. Well, look, we should we should give Mr. McMaster the benefit of the doubt, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it, it does raise, it does raise as, you know, as you say. <laughs> but uh, yeah. we have the benefit of the doubt. In any case, he was taken out to hospital with, with some sort of heart condition, we think. Uh, and, and look, you know, we don't make too light of that. But in the circumstances, as you've mentioned before we recorded this, sometimes being in that sort of situation, maybe with some justification, does lead to high levels of stress. And, and geez, there's just so much more to go here. Yeah, so right. 
I guess one of the things that we were sort of talking about here is how do you solve this problem? And we've touched on uh, uh, several times, in fact, this this idea of incentives. Yes. And incentives are just all powerful. You yes, know, they it, are. It, it, it's, it's, I think it's silly to sort of talk about good people and bad people because we're all just people and, you know, some of us are better than others. But, <laughs> but when, well... you, when you put a big carrot in front of... Uh, the average person, it's, yes. it's very hard not to, to grab it. Oh, you know and, what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you half marks for that one, man. I've okay. got to say, I think yes, that's absolutely true. The more incentive you put in front of someone, yep. the more you test their character. Yes, but as they say, character is what you do when no one can find out. Yes. And I, I do think there is yes, yes, incentives create temptation, and we'll talk about why they should be removed. Mm. But I also think there are people out there, and we shouldn't malign every bank employee, every financial planner. No. There are plenty who do the right thing and avoid those potential incentives, yeah. and it must be tough, yeah. and still do the right thing. So the existence of the incentives is the problem. I wouldn't say everyone is necessarily corrupted by them, but that is the absolute big risk. And frankly, allegedly, is what we heard might be happening with the Royal Commission. Yeah, I, I guess my point just being is that the reality is is that people are people, and we all yeah. have these flaws, right. and some well, act and some don't. Well, I yeah, don't. You, no. so everyone except for you. Yeah, has, and I just, oh, Liam's pretty good. Liam doesn't have too many flaws. <laughs> Liam's all right. Well, I'll put my hand up. There we go. And I can, you know, <laughs> some uh, some of us need to sit above so we can judge the room. That as well. <laughs> and, and, and we love you all for it. Where's, um, the, where's the point in being in being uh, you know having no flaws, Andrew? It's, it's, you know, it must. It's a pain. It, it must be hard. Lord, it's hard to be humble. When you're perfect in every way, Isn't as the song true? said. Isn't that true? So I guess what I'm saying is is that you can you can hope and pray that people are just yep. better, yep. which is right, naive, right, I guess right. I would say. Yes. Or you can acknowledge the the, the frailties and flaws in the human character and yes. build your systems around that. What's my four point plan, I hear you ask, Andrew? Well, well is it four? <laughs> I was hoping for one point. Oh, come plan. on. Okay, hit me with it then. So you'd like to hear my... Uh, an abridged version. And remember, Scott, what's your remembering that we always go over time as well. So let's try and let's yeah. like limit this. Liam, to... just, just, just quietly, dude. Who is more likely to be responsible for us going over... Before Andrew slanders me hopelessly, who is more likely to take us over time, do you think? Me or Andrew? It depends. Who's doing the high horse today? <laughs> Andrew. Then we're lucky to go over time. <laughs> is it about housing prices? Uh, oh, don't mention housing prices. Well, it's funny you say that, uh, actually. Uh, because right. the, so oh, my no. four-point okay. plan... Here's the look. This is really simple. I'll keep it very brief, right? Point one mm -hmm. financial services companies shouldn't be allowed to be advisors and manufacturers of products at the same time. Ah, you can have a fund. integration, you can have a time. product, mm -hmm. you can do all these wonderful product creation things. Yep. You can't then have a financial planner who's allowed to tip your clients into that product. Yep. And conversely, if you're a planning company, great. You shouldn't be allowed to tip your customers into a product that is yours. Now, some companies can have both, it's possible. In fact, the Motley Fool has an advisory business, mm -hmm. and we have a, a funds management business called Lakehouse Capital. Yep. There's nothing inappropriate about that, but you will never, ever hear a Motley Fool financial advisor say you should buy or invest in Lakehouse Capital. We just simply don't allow our people to say that, and for exactly the right reason. And conversely, the people at Lakehouse won't say you should buy a Motley Fool service. Mm -hmm. There's a Chinese wall for very, very good reasons. In the financial planning a, a world, what wall? a Chinese wall. Explain that. Means the difference between the two parts of the business. You can't have information sharing across the two groups. So where does it come from? The Great Wall? Or? I have no idea, mate, quite it's frankly. Okay. Thanks it's for a, the tangent, though. Turn, but anyway, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, but at the Banking Royal Commission, we've heard many, mm. many, many times about it. ANZ Financial Planner recommending ANZ products. Yep. Commonwealth Bank Planner, Commonwealth Bank products. Henderson Maxwell Financial Planner, you mentioned mm. Sam Henderson mm. before, mm. recommending Henderson Maxwell products. Yeah. When you've got that nexus, that is the problem. That's point number one. So no vertical integration. No vertical integration. Point number two, the only person who pays the financial planner should be the client. 
No money from product manufacturers, no kickbacks, no holidays, no hospitality, no dinners, Mm -hmm. no free pens. Mm -hmm. The only person the planner gets their money from is the client, and it should be paid on a fee-for-service basis, not a percentage of assets. Whether I have a million dollars, $100,000 or $10,000, I should be paying the planner for their time, not on based on how much money I have. So the way you'd pay a lawyer or an accountant or any other service organisation... These guys want to be professionals. Here's the deal, guys. Get paid by the hour and justify your worth. Here's the hard thing, though, um, is because people, again, we talk about human flaws. You go up to the average person, and I'm not having a go here because, you know, we're all... The way things are framed make make a huge amount of difference. But if I say to you, I'm going to give you some advice. Yes. I'm not going to take anything out of your pocket now. Yes. It's just a 0.2% trailing commission for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. What, what 0.2%? Yeah, yeah. That's almost no, nothing, right? That's nothing. Exactly. Or what? Or I pay $2,000? Mm-hmm. No way. I will take the 0.2%. And that's why it must be in regulation rather than left up to the consumers and the planners to decide amongst themselves because planners know exactly that and that's why they charge Well, you do just, just to fill in the gap there, you do the maths, right? You're the average sort of... Um, Super balance yep. over the over someone's life, you know, point two percent ends up being much more than that couple of thousand dollars. So, and point two would be nice, quite frankly, mate. People yeah. are being charged one, two, and even two and a half percent of their yeah. assets. Yeah, it's an absolute crime. Number three, oh, sorry, that's, that's number three. Yes, um, <laughs> any fees that are charged incorrectly and knowingly should be refunded to the client tenfold. Yes. You charge me ten grand inappropriately. Guess yep. what? I get a hundred grand. And guess what? You have to pay a $100,000 fine to the government as well. That's a 20-fold penalty for knowingly incorrectly charging a customer or customer. I like that one. You watch how quickly the banks will come We, we to, talk come about the power of incentives. We'll do it in a positive way. And here's the last one, speaking of incentives. Financial services company management bosses should only get bonuses paid over the following five years. If you earn a million-dollar bonus today, Andrew, yes. you get it in equal parts over the next five years, not today. And you only get it if you hit your financial targets and if there's no adverse regulatory action. In other words, if you're a bank CEO, you better make bloody sure you're doing the right thing, your staff are doing the right thing, and your successor, the culture you build in the bank, is doing the right thing. Because if if your successor does the wrong thing in three years' time, guess what? You forfeit your bonus, not your responsibility now. Then, sorry, it is now to make sure the successor and the culture you build is absolutely spot on. If you think about the future... You'll do things very differently. I like it. I like it a lot. I like all of it. Um, you're basically using the power of incentives, but in a force for good. You got it. Um, Lock it in. What about the uh, Middle Switch, East? Switch How would you page? solve that? <laughs> While well, we're solving the problems of the world? Uh, that's easy, right? That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> let's, go. let's let's I, come I, back to that I one. I we're doing the difficult questions today. <laughs> okay. No, that's, that's an excellent... That is an excellent suggestion. Thank you, sir. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's turn our attention to Amazon. Excellent. Speaking of... Now, what's the seg for that? Uh, I've got... Nah. Speaking got, of I've excellently down, large things... Reach reached down the deep there. No, nah, nah, that's okay. just not going to work for me. So to Amazon. So Amazon, <laughs> um, the reason we, we, we thought we'd talk about it, because overnight, shares jumped up 10%. <sighs> Get this, right? So this is a huge company yes. already. Um, is it like it's got to be one of the top 10 biggest companies it in is the world? one of the top six, I want to say. Top six? Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you're of that size... Yes. Um, Measured by market cap, we should say. By, by, the, by the value it is as, as, as determined by the share market. Correct. Um, it, it is hard to grow at very, very fast rates. Get this. It should be. Net sales increased by 43% to 51 billion B billion dollars <laughs> in the first quarter. This is a company that did $36 billion last year in the same quarter <sighs> and went from $36 billion to $51 billion. It, growing by a half, like if you're a $10 million company, you've got to add $5 million in sales. Yes. That is extraordinarily difficult. Yes. Only, But you're small enough to do it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Woolworths does $20 billion in a whole year. Yeah. 
and grows at a few percent a year. These guys did $35 billion last year in a single quarter. Yes. And managed to grow it by $15 billion. And this is this it's like one whole Woolworths of growth, except not in a year and a quarter. It blows my mind. I don't know Amazon as well as you, but I, I know, we, and for speaking of banking royal commissions, full disclosure, Mr. Phillips does own shares. I do own shares. In, I was going to mention that. In Thank Amazon. You. Yep. Um, I wish I owned shares in Amazon. <laughs> I could change that if with only a I'd mentioned stroke it to you of before. A, a keyboard. But, <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, the, the, the thing is that, that's fascinating about this is despite already how big it is and how fast it's growing, yep. it seems to me as though it's still got a very long runway. Yeah, I mean, the they thing. only came to Australia last year. I yeah. mean, we are a very, very, very small market. But, you know, there are other markets that it can go work its magic in. We'll get back to Australia in a second. But you're exactly right. They've Most people don't know. They've started a cloud computing business called Amazon Web Services. Yeah, AWS. It was actually born out of the fact that their computers were kind of dead most of the time. In fact, it's not true anymore because they've got such a global business. But yeah. at one point, they had to. you have to have computing power for peak periods. Yeah. And the non-peak periods, your computers are sitting there doing nothing. And they thought, yeah. well, why don't we rent this thing out? Yeah. They made an absolute fortune. They actually, they, they one of their customers is, CIA. These guys are just, they're, they're right. massive. They've earned the trust of the US government, among others. Mm. Uh, and that's just part of their business. They've got this enormous retail business. They've got this prime subscription business. So yes. think about a, yep. a Costco type club card. Mm. Um, they, they make an absolute fortune out of that. They've got something like 40% of American households are prime members. Mm. This, this is just a phenomenal, phenomenal success story. So let's talk a bit about Australia. So as mm. I said, a lot of coverage last year when they were coming to Australia. You know, yep. we, we saw this play out not just in the headlines and, you know, financial Twitter and all the rest of <laughs> yeah. it, but we saw the share prices of JB Hi-Fi, yeah, Maya, right. all these retailers just let's really... Not, let's not talk about Maya. Maya's a whole different That's a whole other kettle of fish. Harvey but, Norman. Um, yeah, but a whole bunch of Super these guys group. really just... Un- yep. Because Amazon was going to destroy... And now we don't really hear anything about funny? it. So I guess the question I have for you is, is has it just not been a success? Is the is it the, the attention just moved on? Is it too early to tell? Or is it all of those things? Why you why you make me answer the questions, Andrew? Why, why, why am I suddenly the, the, the recipient of this question? Why am I under the spotlight here, tied to a chair, forced to answer your questions to what I want to ask? Mate, it's just page? as hard to frame and uh, 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 drive a conversation as it is to answer questions. And I'm sticking with that. <laughs> yeah, good try. <laughs> All right. So uh, I will answer your question, though, because I'm opinion and I like to talk. So, <laughs> well, that's what I know as well. Nice oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know what? There's so many good, there's so many good parts of this story, mate. I think um, the first is Amazon never promised, never expected to be a big bang change to the Australian market. I think Not overnight, they, they, would be, they would be more than happy with what they've done thus far. Mm. Um, do second, we know? Do we, is there any data on it that you've seen? Or nothing is it, publicly, yeah, no. Okay. Little bits of pieces and little speculations and estimations, but nothing, nothing particularly huge. Yeah. The other thing is that, that you know, this is... This is the market, the media, investors, a whole lot of psychology writ large. Sort of incentives, that's one part of psychology. The other part is our, our seemingly naked need to, to grab onto something as the big thing, mm. whether it was a China collapse, whether it was Trump's presidency, whether the it's... The naked need to grab onto the big thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry, continue. That's all right. I will, I'll keep talking while you giggle like a schoolgirl in the background. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't help that one. I'm sort of sure what you mean. You can explain it afterwards. No. So I tell you, I've got a new term. Oh yeah, for the market goes up ten percent. Oh no, no. what? <laughs> no, okay, please. Sorry, I interrupted you very rudely. Continue. <laughs> now we <clears throat> continue. I'm pretty sure you, I shared that with a couple of episodes ago. I know full well what you're talking about. Go Here on, go. please go ahead. All right. So um, they they didn't expect too much. The the problem is the media and and us as investors, we all kind of look and try and work out, hey, what's coming next? And so mm. when you find that one thing. Then it kind of builds on itself. So Bitcoin, another example. There, there are these crazes and fads, and for all of the pre- pretense about us being a rational human beings, I mean, a rational, efficient mm. market, all that crap. Um, this is what happens with markets, right? All of a sudden, everyone's talking about Amazon, so everyone talked about Amazon. And then Amazon became this big bogeyman, and so everyone got scared of it, ran away, and took off. 
And all of a sudden you look back and go, where was that? Where was the big disaster of almost predicting? And that is so true of almost everything all the time across markets where people look, you're looking for something, the next big thing, the next little thing, the next disaster, the next success story, whatever it is, that's the risk. And I think from our perspective now, if you think about that, I actually think Amazon's a big, big risk for retailers over the long term here in Australia. I expect Amazon to do really, really big damage to a whole lot of retail businesses mm-hmm. here. But it was never going to be t- overnight. No. They never believed it. We, we never believed it. It was never supposed to be. But the market got so ridiculously overawed by the whole idea that it just lost its you know, group marbles, collective marbles. And that's the situation we found ourselves mm-hmm. in. So I think to, to answer your question directly, Amazon is still a massive threat. I think it will be the dominant retailer in Australia in 20 years' time. Mm-hmm. It isn't today. It won't be for a while. Um, and all of that palaver of carry-on was always, always, always overdone. I... A slight tangent, but I, I absolutely think that the best advantage, like the best advantage you can have as a private investor mm-hmm. is the ability to think beyond a year or two. Yeah, I like that. Because you are competing against, and <laughs> you are competing against, yeah. like, let's be honest, very, very smart people, yep. very, very well-resourced people, yes. very well-connected people. Very, very impatient Who people. are all incentivized, again, back to this problem of incentives, mm-hmm. to perform well, yeah. in, in, in the near term. And so there is a huge amount of effort that goes into working out what stock's going to go up next year or two. Those that can look beyond that, it is right. such a huge... And it doesn't. It just means that, you know, basically you'll sit on... I'll come back to this in my high horse. In fact, <laughs> you'll sit on things that just don't do anything for years. But when you look at the normal type investment horizons, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm talking sort of like five, not that really that long a time, five right. years sort of plus or so, there are some really, really, really good returns if you can just stop looking two feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I think Amazon, the reason I mentioned it is Amazon is such a great example of that because do you remember in, you know, in the late 90s when everyone was talking about the internet and it was just going to be this huge thing, we had this massive tech boom and then it crashed. It was like, well, everything there would turned out to be true. Yeah, everything right. turned that's out right. to be true. Yep. Um, you know, there's a million other examples of that. So, you know, I just, I just make the point that I think it's worth with the so what of this kind of stuff is yep. with Amazon is that don't think that the narrative was wrong or broken just because it didn't instantly play out. Yes. It is almost almost mm-hmm. a guarantee in the case of Amazon that this will be a, a pretty decent success mm-hmm. down under. Exactly. Good point. I think that's right. I think also to the... Both both are true, right? You don't just because it's going to happen eventually doesn't mean it's going to happen overnight. Yeah. Um, and there will be a lot of retailers that make a lot of money in the meantime. Yeah. It's just a matter of being mindful about where we're going and when we're going to get there. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Good call. Real money advice from real people, not just a couple of dicks with a Porsche. Get more at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's do a mailbag. Hey, we're running on time. Are we? Just before you before you slag off, hor- slag off horribly. 18 minutes. Hey. Hey. Well, should I should I do a long-winded no. random anecdote? Oh, okay. God. No? Okay. okay. Um, let's... I've jinxed it, haven't I, Leo? Let's... I've absolutely jinxed it. <laughs> uh, Darren Pryor, thanks for your question, at Darren1Pryor on Twitter. Guys, intrigued. Ah, this this is a good one. So um, let me just... You kind of let... gave up the fact you prepared then. Uh... Oh, this is a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I live minute to minute, <laughs> my friend. Minute to minute. <laughs> Um, uh, Darren's referring to a, podcast, a, a podcast, I think I'm going to go back uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we, we both go some buy, holds, and sells. We did. And he says, you both contributed to the picks in the 2017 Motley Fool Discovery product. So we, we launched a, a product. You yep. can explain that. Uh, and, and, and Andrew was arguing against one of those picks recently in, in the podcast. Afterpay, APT, is the ASX code. Hey, hey. Do you care to comment? Um, and I think that is an excellent question. 
so Discovery, what's Discovery? Yeah, so Motley Fool Discovery was a portfolio that we launched in September last year mm. where we picked 20 companies that we promised that we would and we will buy with our company's own money, hold for no less than five years. Yep. And it was a small cap portfolio that we thought had the potential to overall go very, very well mm-hmm. and try to find companies that we thought were going to be outstanding successes individually, knowing that some of them would lose, some would win. Mm-hmm. But overall, we thought as a portfolio construction, mm-hmm. we had a very, very good chance of beating the market. And the way that we came up with those companies is all the analysts and advisors got together in a Correct. room. We threw around a bunch of ideas. Yes. We talked them through again and again and again. <laughs> there was more than one argument. No one wants to know how the sausage is made, Andrew. There was more than one argument um, <laughs> because we're all geniuses and we got <laughs> egos as big as Christmas and, you know, we're all the next Warren Buffett. Speak for yourself. So, you know, we all, we, we're all hey, what's dead. all thing? Well, you know, everyone except for me. Uh-huh. And, and anyway, so we, we, we made it through that process. Yes. And, and we came up with, with these uh, picks. And one of them was Afterpay. Mm-hmm. And, and Darren asked an excellent question. It's like, well, how's Andrew on this podcast saying that he would sell Afterpay? Well, he yeah. doesn't like Afterpay when it's, a, 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 it's a, an official recommendation. And I was part of that team. That's a really good point, Darren. And um, we have decided to fire Andrew. So, Andrew, thanks for your time. Um, <laughs> what? I didn't mention it. I didn't realize at the time it was my mistake. Andrew is, is officially fired. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I don't need you. I don't need any of you. <laughs> um, it's a really great question, you know. And I think I think there's a couple. Of, there's, well, we're going to be a little bit uh, a little bit uh, self indulgent, but we will answer the question in the same no, in the same us? I know. Moi? I mean, on behalf of the company, though, in this case. Okay. So the Motley Fool is, you know, we take great pride in, in being a, a broad church. We don't have a house view. We never have had a house view. We never will have a house view. Andrew and I can be diametrically opposed on a particular business. We can be in absolute Bitcoin, furious Kogan, insert any right. number of companies. All those things that have made money. Yes, good point. <laughs> so Bitcoin's gone up and Kogan's gone. Anyway, I just What's happened Kogan? Let's go into that. That's gone up a lot. <laughs> We talked about it last, up a good 80%. I'll let people discover that one for themselves. (coughs) I rudely interrupted you. the long-term investing over here. (laughs) Shares down a couple of percent in the last couple of days. I don't want to serve my purpose. Yeah, exactly. All right, so here's the thing. We have no house for you. We we can be diametrically opposed or in a furious agreement, and there is no requirement for anyone to to fall into line to, uh, you know, sprout the house for you, Mm -hmm. a view as a view as a view. And there's a couple of different things, I think, in that. So the first is that, Discovery was is a is a portfolio of mm-hmm. twenty stocks that overall, on average, we expect to do very well. Mm-hmm. The Motley Fool knows full well, and we kind of adopt Peter Lynch's view to, to a greater or lesser degree by individual. Mm-hmm. Again, we there is no house view, but we don't really adopt it. We just sort of accept. Well, we know it. it's true, right? Well, <laughs> uh, that, yeah, adopting it in the sense that we are well accepting it is important. We acknowledge right? it, we realize it, we don't deny the. Let's explain what it is, the then we can talk about why. So <laughs> okay. Lynch said, "To be good in this game, you'd be right six times out of ten. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of novice investors, even a lot of kind of intermediate investors, they look at that and go, how can you be wrong four times out of ten to be a good investor? And the mistakes actually drive a whole lot of people out of investing that they really shouldn't. We acknowledge and adopt and absorb, whatever you want to call it, Andrew, use your, use your, mm. uh, your term here. Mm. That, that's the reality of investing. And in mm. fact, when we do it, if we do it well, the winners always, well, always, but if we're doing it well, will always, mm. uh, overcome the losers. And that's the point. If you're right six times out of ten in investing, the average winner is going to do better than the average loser. Mm-hmm. The, the average winner is going to gain more. Mm-hmm. The average loser loses, put mm-hmm. it that way. And so by getting that right more often than not and having the average gain be greater than the average loss... That compounds to a really, really good I wouldn't result. even focus on the six out of ten. That, that's, I mean, we know, uh, in fact, the founder of our companies <laughs> we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to David. Hi, David. David Gardner. Um, he's, he's got a far worse strike rate than that. Yes, exactly. And yet he's just absolutely creamed the market for yeah. a very long period of time. So yeah. it's, it's, it's not, you know, this isn't an exact rule, but the, the point really being is that it's not about being right all the time. Right. So discovery is 20 stocks that we know some will win. We, well, we believe some will win. We know some will lose. Mm. And so that's the first thing. So we're not saying every company is absolutely a slam dunk winner. 
Secondly, we we did it as a group, and we came up with the list of stocks that we felt, on average, were were good companies. We don't we didn't strive for consensus. That's the important thing. We didn't just just try and pick twenty stocks that everyone agreed on, because frankly, we never. I don't think got we there. ever would have got there. Exactly. And given the given the mandate, we wanted to have small companies. We wanted to have companies with big growth potential. Mm. It was a growth service in particular. We were taking more risk than average for ho- hopefully greater return than average. Yeah. And that's con- that construct said twenty companies, including Afterpay Touch, we believed as a team. Would beat the market. There are some in there that I wouldn't have personally included, some that you wouldn't have personally included. Yep. But overall, frankly, we are, well, I will say on behalf of the team, mm. you guys are all very, very good investors. I feel very good about uh, combining yeah. everybody's skill together and saying, this is a group of stocks that I believe, based on the intellect and experience of the people that pick them, yep. is going to beat the market. Yep, I get that. Um, and uh, the, the other thing I would say, so I know I say this all the time, but I you just, do. it's so often. I'm not worth, sure what it is, but it's, you do. it's so often worth repeating is that. Honestly, the person to listen to is the person that disagrees with you. Yeah. You know, so it's not that they'll necessarily be right. Um, you know, that they like the same odds as the rest of us, but it, it's that idea of taking that bear case and taking it seriously yeah. and being able to better articulate that. I just, I'm so, it is so core to everything I do that it just helps us overcome so many of those problems. So yeah. if you've bought a company and you like it and you sh- maybe you've got every reason to do it, that's great. You're going to gravitate towards all the other people who like it and think it's great. And you're going to be convinced <laughs> of your own genius. Confirmation bias. The bitch. It, it, if you can avoid it, please do. Find someone like Andrew who's regularly wrong so you know you're right, or in other people's cases, right. uh, talk to people who disagree with you. The, and they can... the, the uh, reverse indicator, <laughs> Andrew Page. If you can, find people who disagree and take their take their, their views seriously. Andrew, you said it a lot before, you should know the bear case better than the bears, and I think that's a really smart way to invest. Uh, it, it, it so is. It so is. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Do you have anything you can climb on of the equine variety? Do you reckon? Oh, uh, I don't. I don't do that unless there's. Uh, there it is. It's in the contract. There's no high horse without that nose. Oh, oh, oh settle down. Settle down. Um, I thought I'd actually dovetail a few things that we've talked about today into a little bit of a rant. And no. it, it's this idea of... You, you, Liam is dumb. Liam over there has just fallen off his chair. He's so surprised you're going to rant about something. We talked, A, about Amazon and not being right straight away. Mm-hmm. We talked about a portfolio and not being right in all cases. Yes. I want to talk a bit about... Uh, you're talking about having a long-term perspective. Um, yes. And, and it's, it's also not about being right in all time frames. So we've done that so we don't have to do the rant then. No, no, we can do, oh, right, settle okay. in, settle in. <laughs> Take your shoes off, grab a drink. Um, this comes from a, a little Nothing tidbit from, from Joel Greenblatt, um, a, a US investor who I've got a great deal of respect very for. Very well regarded, very successful, high class Extremely successful. And he came up, well, he, he didn't come up with it. He, he talked about this statistic and it actually goes back a few years, but it's as, as relevant today as it ever was, which was that when you look at the top quartile of fund managers. The top 25%. The top 25% through to the through the 10 years through to 2010 mm-hmm. 79% of them spent at least 3 years in the bottom quartile right so 80% mm-hmm. at one point in time well for at least 3 years yep. were in the bottom quartile so of the best performers mm-hmm. th- these are the best them, performers four fifths of them spent some of that time in the bottom quartile yep get this 47% nearly half of them Spent at least three years in the bottom decile. Bottom ten percent. The bottom ten percent. That's pretty amazing, hey? Isn't that phenomenal? So if you took the if you took the best twenty five percent of fund managers, yes. Over a long year, like, look, we, yeah, we can we years. can talk and we do. We talk about you look, you know, you're a hero over a three month period. Well done. There's a lot <laughs> of luck. Even if, frankly, right, over right. a year or two, right. it's it's hard to tease apart what was luck and what was what was real foresight mm-hmm. and skill and, and and genuine cleverness. Yep. But when you get over a ten year period. <laughs> 
And you look at the, the sheer number of, and again, very capable, smart, intelligent people who have done over 10 years, just absolutely smashed it out of the park. Yep. This is the cohort that we're talking about. So right? ha- half of the best performing fundies yes. spent three years in the bottom 10% list. In the bottom 10%. Yep. And, and oh. I always, I look, I always cringe a little bit when I yep. say this kind of stuff because isn't it oh so convenient <laughs> to any investor <laughs> and any professional investor who, who can point yeah. to these things and go, you know, we all have bad picks, we all have bad periods. And go, right. oh, yeah, but Warren Buffett said this and Joel Greenblatt said that. And so it's, um, it's a part of me that always cringes because it, yeah. it, it, it sounds convenient. It sounds like an excuse. Yeah. But I, I, I thought it was well worth a high horse, though, today as well, because it's one of these things that only those that really can understand that as, as a deep truth and embrace mm-hmm. that are the ones that do well. We see it all the time in our business, in our industry as well, is that someone wakes up one morning and decides that, hey, they're going to do this share market thing. Yeah. And, and with just even if they are the next Warren Buffett, they mm-hmm. are going to have a really shitty period yep. and they're going to have some shitty experiences and it's going to suck and the demons are going to come at night and you're going to hate it. And, and what do we all do? We go, screw that for a joke. I'm going back to my 10 investment properties or whatever else Australians do, which I'm not going to get into right <laughs> Thank now. Thank you. Um, uh, we were doing so well till then. And we were, weren't we? And I, I get, it's such a shame because, yeah. it, it's, to your point earlier, success comes despite all of that kind yes. of stuff. Yes. It's, it's that ability to, to look beyond what's happening this current year. It's to look, the ability to look beyond, beyond what happened with that particular investment that you had. Yeah. Yeah. And I've said before, some of the best, best, best investments that I've, that I've ever had... They, I can definitely speak to this of, of just like spending literally two, three years just woefully lagging the market. Mm-hmm. And then one day the market wakes up and agrees with your thesis and and a lot of money is made. And and even when you account for that time frame, yep. a lot of money is made. But for the we just know human psychology being what it is, is that generally speaking, we want instant gratification. If it's not there, most people will give up the ghost and it's a it's a crying shame, my friend. You got it. I think it's, it's hard. It's, I have very little sympathy for most fund managers, but it's hard being a fundy when if you're going to be in the top 25 after a year, that, mm. that's that's probably market-beating performance. Yep. You've got to endure three years in the bottom decile, yes. and most of your fund investors are going to leave you. There's some amazing stats out there. The average fund investor does about half or even a third as well, mm. not not less, a third as well as the fund yeah. or the, the average fund because yeah. they trade in and out so frequently. So most of the investors yeah. during that 10-year period were sold. One year... Two years, okay, guys, I'm out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm taking my money out. Yeah. They take the money out. The fund eventually does well. Yeah. And they're in some other fund that does badly because they followed last year's winner. Mm. Trying to pick winners, trying to chop and change to chase last year's success stories is absolutely madness. Honestly, most fund investors, even if you had an underperforming fund, you're better sticking with that than trying to chase performance because yeah. the chance that a fund can put together sequential outperformance year after year is just so minute. We, we, you're better picking a good fund with a good manager with a good strategy. Yep. And frankly, I'd say the same, our, our investment service, the same yeah. thing. We will have bad, share buys are six years old. Mm. We're 60% of the way through that 10 years. There's every mm. chance that if we finish with a market beating performance, mm. we'll have a couple of crappy years, three, crap, four crappy years than that. Yeah. And some of our members will say, you just lost your touch, you're not picking good stocks, all that kind of stuff, we're out of here. Yeah. And maybe they're right to, but there's every chance they're not. And that's the reality is that if you do chase that last year's performance mm. or you're trying to avoid next year's bad performance because last year was bad, yeah. that's the sort of result you need to think about. 100%. And this this is where I, I one of the things I really like about property, as much as I like to put the boot oh, into God. property. Well, I we think got it, so close. I think, and the, by the way, just for, I don't hate property inherently. I just think it's pretty frothy at the Can moment. Can we cut this but, out later? But what I'm saying, the great thing about property is, is that for, for, for your average investor, you buy it. 
and then there's not, someone doesn't knock on your door every day and go, oh, by the way, your house is worth $10,000 more right, today. Right. Oh, by the way, your house is down 20000 You just don't know. It's, yeah. it's this pure ignorance is bliss. Mm. You buy a house. If it's an investment property, you probably get rent every week. Yeah. Um, and then five, 10 years later, you sell it. Lo and behold, the damn thing's gone up. And I would uh, there's a wonderful exercise you can do with the share market writ large. If you just take the all odds or one of the big indices, mm. And, you know, there's charting programs for free out there everywhere on the internet these days. Look at the all odds and plot daily. So mm -hmm. every single wiggle in that chart. And you will see this, you will scare the pants off you mm -hmm. of, of the volatility up, downside. And it is it is why most people stay away Mr. from Mr. Market it. is manic depressive in Ben Graham's Just language. Just crazy. Now, take that little drop-down menu and change the plot to once every quarter. So now you're just going to put the same data. Just, you're just going to plot it once a quarter. Average, it, yep. it, the, the chart still starts and ends at the same point, but all of mm -hmm. a sudden those those peaks and troughs sort of get knocked off a little bit. Right. And then do it for every six months and then do it every year. And then you'll find that just the line just gets straighter and straighter and straighter. Mm -hmm. and, straighter. and that is the horizon that you want to think about. Very good. If, Liam, I, if I flogged that horse, I've got on the horse and then I flogged from, it. From there. memory, I asked you whether we would go over time and you asked whose high horse it was. Mm. Has Andrew delivered on your expectations? Well, that almost wraps it up. But before we go, don't forget, you can subscribe. <laughs> sorry, 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 Andrew, I, oh, sorry. Liam and I were chatting. Sorry. Liam and I were chatting. And I was going to give you a wrap, Andrew. Oh, it's actually been very good. Thank you, my friend. Oh, come on, mate. There we go. Liam, I need you on my side over here. Check so is in the mail. Very good off a very low bar. Book <laughs> <laughs> tish. Oh. Hey, I do the jokes around here, set, pal. Set me up and then <laughs> knock me down. <laughs> Thank you very much for your attention today. We always enjoy bringing well, you this company. and giving us a platform to, were paying to, to rant on. And, uh, <laughs> we thank you very much for it. Thank you, for uh, Remember, you can subscribe and do subscribe. It, it helps us uh, continue to do what we do and we love Sorry. doing it. And you say you, you should subscribe well. and I say, and you should. And you Don't should. Don't take my line. Mixing it up. Keeping it fresh. If you like what we're doing, please give us a big five-star rating so on iTunes. <laughs> or your favourite podcast app. And if you like a bit more foolish goodness, you can go to uh, uh, <laughs> fool.com.au forward slash triple There we go. Nothing if not consistent. Until next week, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.